Hey guys, how are you? I look a little bit of a hot mess tonight, so you're just going to have to forgive that. We were at the local park this evening cleaning up some vandalism, so this is what you get. Um, before we get into everything, I'm going to do the promos. Libertarian Veteran Caucus, Leading Libertarians to Veteran Issues, Leading Veterans to Libertarian Solutions. James Toller for Kentucky. To donate today or to check him out, go to toller4ky.com. That's T-O-L-L-E-R-4, the number 4-K-Y.com. He puts people over politics. And Chris By for Alaska's congressman. To learn more, go to itstimealaska.com. And as always, you can find us on all these different platforms, Twitch, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, what have you. So make sure you go check us out there. Tonight, we are going to be low-key. Um, I've been busy out collecting signatures for the last couple of weeks, and I thought it was time, you know, we talked about ballot access a few months ago, and I thought it's time to, um, my shirt is awesome to McMaster, you need to just go somewhere with that. Um, I got my, I got my Concerned Veterans for America t-shirt on underneath, but, um, I thought at the time we talked about ballot access a first uh, few weeks ago and, you know, with collecting signatures and getting some pushback from people, I thought it might be time to talk about the pushback and the way that we can address it when we are talking to people about third party candidates, uh, whether they be green or libertarian or keystone, a pirate, whatever they may be, you know, there's this thought process that third parties are going to like interrupt or um, upset the voting system. And I mean, yeah, that's kind of what we're there to do, right? Because the major parties aren't doing jack. Um, we keep having problems. I mean, right just now um, in my own borough where my husband won a seat and was not allowed to take it, um, we have vandalism down at our playground. And it's been going on for years and we put cameras up and everything like that, but nothing really changes. And part of that is because they never change. The council never changes because they're scared of, they're scared of change. Um, Hey, lunatic. So, you know, this weekend I was at the street rods, um, North, uh, what is it? And national street rod association of the East east coast it's a huge event um we probably saw thousands of people and we were collecting signatures for myself for my state rep run <laughs> yeah i mean that's definitely it tim because of your candidate my terrible candidate didn't get elected but when we were at street rods um you know we met a lot of people who were like eager to sign um people who were from out of state who wanted to sign but they're not from the state so they're like you know, we'd sign it, but we live in Jersey. And then, you know, I said, I'm really sorry that you live in New Jersey, but, um, you know, there was some pushback by some, I had this interaction with this lady yesterday that guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of wanted to punch her in the face, um, which would have been a violation of the nap. So obviously I did not, but you know, she started with that, that, that statement of, well, you have to vote Republican or Democrat. That's the only way. Otherwise it's, it's just gonna, it's just gonna keep the, the best person from winning. And I'm like, or hear me out. Competition breeds the best. 
And I went on to try and do my food, my fast food speech with her. Cause she's like, Oh no, it has to be one or the other. And then she's telling me that we need to get rid of the democratic party. So obviously she's, obviously she's a Republican, but she's like, we need to get rid of the democratic party. And I'm like, well, you know how you get rid of the democratic party? You let a third party rise up. And she's like, Oh no, no, no. And then she went on to talk about how Biden was horrible. And I'm like, I don't disagree with you. Like, I don't, but at the same time, your person's not that great. So, so I went on to my fast food speech and I was like, you know, what's your favorite place to eat out? And she's like, I don't eat out. Okay, sweetheart. You obviously do. I was like, okay, what's your favorite drink? Oh, I only drink water. Okay. I was like, okay, fine. Let's do it this way. You drinking water and me drinking Sprite. Me drinking Sprite takes nothing away from you. And she did not like hearing that. And she went on to tell me how third parties are the destruction of this country. And I know I'm not the only one who's heard these ridiculous retorts. Um, I posted a video on TikTok um, talking about how when we go to an ice cream shop, you know, you don't just get offered vanilla and chocolate like that. That ice cream shop would probably go out of business if all they were offering you was chocolate and vanilla. And a lot of people responded or not a lot of people, but a few people responded that we would need a constitutional amendment for third parties to rise up because of the electoral college. And first of all, my first response to that guys was like, do you not see the problem in that alone? That they're stifling the, look, I have pain on me still. They're stifling the, the, people that you potentially can vote for because it, it's a betterment for them. And then it's like, you know, shouldn't that be proof that we need change because it's, it's rigged that they definitely can't. Um, but you know, there's like 538 votes for the electoral college and 270, I think it is, is needed to win. Um, so three people, and if, and if someone doesn't get a majority, then it goes to the Senate and the house. So, I mean, we don't necessarily need, um, I'm not sure what that is about, but anyway, um, we don't necessarily need a constitutional amendment. We just need to get better people in the Senate and the house that are going to make responsible decisions. If the just, <coughs> You know, if the decision were to come down to where no one gets the majority of the electoral vote, then the House and the Senate get to make that decision, then we should be having people in there that we trust to make the best decision for this country and not necessarily against, you know, partisan lines. You know, today, uh, speaking of, you know, again, the, the cleanup we did at the park, today's cleanup at the park included a Democratic candidate for state rep, a Keystone candidate for state rep a libertarian candidate for lieutenant governor, a keystone candidate for lieutenant governor, and a libertarian for, for a congressional seat. That's three different parties that came together that set aside political lines and campaigns, even though they were op, you know, uh, opponents for each other, to work together for the betterment of our community. And that's what we should be having in our, in our political system. And if we don't let third parties 
up there and we don't come up with a viable argument for letting third parties up there, we are, you know, we're not going to be able to sell people. The parties themselves need a platform to sell themselves. And, you know, something that's inviting and welcoming to all who believe in the majority of the platform is going to be key. Um, I'm not going to go into too much of it because it's irrelevant to me now, but like removing planks that or rewording planks that kind of make it open to all people is kind of not a smart plan unless you're specifically trying to target this party to bigots. I'm just going to throw that out there. You know, there are going to be other parties. Who is letting anyone do anything? Is my I don't know what you mean in the tech. Um, you know, I guess you can make any kind of party you want with any kind of message and platform. Um, but if you want it to be a serious contender and you want it to actually bring people in and get people to vote and run for you and stuff like that, it's going to be something that's going to be encompassing to all people. Um, you know, Keystone, for example, is like a coalition of independents built on kind of a libertarian philosophy without the crazy multiple interpretations of the philosophy. But you know, when you're out petitioning and you're talking to people, you're going to get pushback. Someone is letting someone, I, I probably was saying something like that. My head is all over the place. I have some cold medicine inside me. Um, but the pushback, I mean, you're going to get, oh, oh, the, the one that happens also frequently is voting actually matter that that's very true Tim um is well if I if I sign this and then a libertarians on it you know they're gonna take from the Republican voters or you're gonna take from the Democratic voters and my my usual response to them is we actually take from both evenly um, and the way that you can avoid losing those votes is by putting up better candidates. The reason why you don't put up good candidates is because you don't have any good competition. Republicans and Democrats put up very shady um, candidates for the most part in the majority of the runs. Now, with that said, there are some candidates that are running for local races um, that are good people who want to do stuff in the community and get things done. There absolutely are those people. The problem is, is those people who want to do change, whether I agree with their policies 100% or not, are not backed by the parties necessarily, aren't getting the funding to help push them up. You know, some people might call them Liberty Republicans, Liberty Democrats, whatever, but those people wouldn't You know, Lunatic, this is a really good point. I've actually used this. Aren't you tired of both of them? You know, some I've said something similar to that. I've also said, don't you ever notice that when a Republican is often in office, they just kind of do the opposite of what the Democrat just did. And when the Democrat gets in office, then they just change back to from what the Republican did. It's nothing forward. We're just stagnant in our policies and our and our procedures and politics. And you want to know why gas keeps going up? You want to know why inflation happens? Because no one's actually doing anything. They're getting these paychecks. They're sitting in these cozy rooms part-time of their life because, you know, none of them actually really work full-time. And they're not doing anything. They blow a lot of smoke up our butts. 
And, you know, they make us start fighting over Roe v. Wade. We start fighting over LGBTQ stuff, especially now with the Pride Month. They're definitely going full-fledged on that. Um, you know, their job is, their job as they see it, from what I can see at least, is to continue division in this country and not actually reform. And a third-party candidate is going to disrupt that. I once had a person tell me that there's already too many choices. I told her I didn't need her signature anyway. Sometimes you can't reach people, so focus on the ones you can. Yeah, well, that's maybe how much they get paid while in office, but they get bought for so much more from lobbyists. I mean, there's a reason why Nancy Pelosi is worth so much and Mitch McConnell and things like that, because at the end of the day, that 170 or whatever they're getting paid from the government, like to be our, our representative or what have you, that's not the only paycheck they're receiving. They are receiving buyouts from the lobbyists for performing their jobs in, in honor of those people or in, in, in respect to those people. And that's the problem is that we need to get money out of politics. First and foremost, uh, we need term limits and we need to allow third parties to rise. And I think the best way that we could do that is enacting RCV, ranked choice voting. Now, I have some hesitations and some inquiries that I still need to do on RCV, but everything that I see initially um, shows it as a very promising option to help us to get the best of the best to represent us because then we're not having to pick A and B. Because, guys, it's not as, as black and white as that seems. There are gray areas and that gray area is those people who don't feel like the R or the D fully represent them. You're right, Tim. It was never intended to be a career. It is public service. It's not public service. It's public service. But um, <laughs> at least it didn't say pubic service. Anyway, um, you know, Tim brings up a good point. When this country was founded, these positions were meant to be evenings and weekends. These were meant to be outside of their normal daily routines as a way to serve the community. It's kind of like the way my PTO runs, right? Um, you know, I'm a PTO officer, I'm the president, and there's a lot of job that comes with that. And I, but I do it sometimes during the day. So I have to rearrange my work schedule, but usually on the evenings and weekends as a way to serve my school. That's the way that our government was made initially to be. It was not supposed to be a career. It was not supposed to be a lifetime's, you know, term, which it turns into for, for these can these people who end up being in office for so long. And when the median average age for a voter is in like, or for, you know, constituent is like in the forties and you've got people who are in their seventies, heck eighties, still serving in office, like they're not representing the core of the constituents. They're not representing the core of the issues. And that's why I encourage everyone to go out and collect signatures and get your third party candidates on, you know, here in Pennsylvania, 
the Libertarian Party is working their butts off to get their candidates on. I know my husband is running in the Congressional 11th District um, for that seat, and he's been working his tail off to get his, you know, two, 3,000 signatures. Um, and then in Keystone Party, we're working our tails off to get our candidates on the ballot. It's not an easy feat, and it requires us to go door to door and to events and talk to people. And that's the thing is like, these people are willing to put in the time and effort just to get their name on the ballot. You do not see these from the Republicans and the Democrats because they just know it's, it's a given. It's a given they'll be on the ballot. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with the fact that the Republicans and the Democrats need only a hundred or a couple hundred signatures and then third party candidates need thousands. There's a problem with that. You know, when I talk to people about what the requirements are for getting our candidates on the ballot and I end up talking about how many signatures we need, you know, I, I tell them that, you know, our statewide candidates, governor and the lieutenant governor, uh, U.S. Senate need at least 5,000, but realistically they need anywhere from 85 to 10,000 signatures. And they're like, why so many? And I'm like, that's a great question. Minimum is 5,000, but what will happen is they will challenge these signatures. So we need double, if not at least 50% more to have that cushion. So if they do challenge some of the signatures, we know we're safe. They're like, that doesn't seem fair. You're right. It doesn't seem fair. And, you know, while we do have the upside of collecting from all registered voters instead of just our party line, um, it still makes it difficult because you're trying to sell third party candidates to Republicans and Democrats who a lot of them were brainwashed into these partisan lines. So we end up having to find ways to convince these people to vote. Um, when I'm trying to collect signatures for myself, I end up pleading with them. Like, I just, I need a sign. I need 400 signatures just to get my name on a piece of paper. Like, I just, I just want to get my name on this piece of paper. And usually if I do that, it, it, it they sign, you know, give the little batty eyes and stuff like that. And they end up signing. Um, That's pretty awesome, Lunatech. You got more signatures than Gallagher in Wisconsin. I, yeah, I assume that you meant congressional. <laughs> um, you know, primary day is the best day to go out and collect signatures. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people were out. There were some people at double spots. Like I had some Repub libertarians with me when I was collecting Keystone. Um and you know what? For the most part, I helped them collect their own signatures because at the end of the day, the more people that we have on the ballot, the more people we have on a debate stage, the more voices being heard is key. You know, I may not agree with everything that the Libertarian Party as a whole believes right now um, with the new changes to the plank and the platforms and stuff like that and the new wording, um, which is not inclusive. Let me just be very clear on that. Um, but I still believe that I'm a little while libertarian, still believe in the true philosophy as it, as it was founded. I just don't believe the party really reflects that true platform anymore, you know, but we need, <clears throat> so uh, this is a great point, Tim, you never try and get to convince people to vote third party. I try to convince them to get to think about why they are voting for the duopoly. That's a great thing. Um, 
to piggyback on that, when I was out canvassing on primary day, I had some people that I was talking to about, you know, getting myself on the ballot and they're like, well, what do you stand for? I told them what I stood for. And they're like, do you have any literature? I said, no, I don't have any literature. And they're like, oh, why not? I was like, because I'm not trying to sell you on me. I was trying to sell you on the idea of having more people's names on the ballot in November, because right now it's my name on here, but next year in two, three years, it could be someone else that's trying to ask you to put their name on the ballot. And that's what I'm trying to sell you on the idea that more people should be on this ballot than just the Republican and the Democrat. And, you know, I'll be back. I'll be in your area and stuff to try and sell you on me later. But right now, my job here is to sell you on the idea that more than one per more than two people should be on the ballot. And that are that like statement usually sells them too. Um, we're not going to go super long tonight. Again, I'm on cold medicine. I just felt like after this weekend and, and dealing with such a diverse group of people at the street rods and heading into petitioning season for third parties, at least in Pennsylvania, um, we go from now until, uh, turn in is August 1st. Um, it's kind of key. It's kind of key to have an idea of what to respond with when someone says, uh, third parties, you're just, just taking votes from the Republicans. And I'm like, I wouldn't have voted for your candidate though. Like I should be able to have the person I want to vote for on the ballot too. I mean, my tax dollars are paying for those ballots. My tax dollars are paying for the poll watchers and the poll workers. I should be able to vote for who I want to vote for. And if my person's not on there, I'm not going to vote. So it's not going to help your candidate either way. And yeah, we might take some Republican votes. We might take some Democratic votes. But, you know, if we take those votes, it's not because we just, just took them. Our candidates probably earned them, either by you guys putting up poor candidates or because our candidate just had the better ideas. Christine, Joe, and Steve. Keystone. Sure, we can do that. I'm assuming you mean Joe Soloski and Steve Sheets. But I, I'm sure we could set that up. I support these two things too, for the record. Um, you know, if anyone has any comments, I will do that. But I'm, I'm only going to be on here for about a half hour. So we've got about five minutes left. Um, my son is upstairs watching pirates and I haven't seen this one. So I'd love to see the end, but I felt this was an, a topic that needed to be discussed. Um, how to respond. So, you know, in a nutshell, if they say that you're taking from Republican and democratic votes, you just say that those people probably never voted before or haven't voted in a while. And just because they vote for our candidate doesn't mean that if our candidate wasn't available, they would have voted for yours. And it's kind of selfish to assume that they would have. I mean, that last part, you can decide if that's an appropriate thing to say. You know, but the one thing, I, the one argument I like to do is the fast food argument. 
you know, I asked them what their fast, favorite fast food place is. And one lady this weekend told me Panera. I said, okay. I said, but I don't like Panera. So if I eat at Wendy's, does that really take away from Panera? Because I wasn't going to eat at Panera to begin with. And she goes, well, I, I guess it doesn't. You're right, it doesn't. And you can use that analogy with a number of things. Ice cream, drinks, um, retail stores. You know, if I shop at Target, does that take away from Walmart? I wasn't going to go to Walmart in general. Which is actually funny because I don't like Target that much. I prefer Walmart. But um, it's not an easy task. It's definitely grueling. But, you know, during the petitioning process, rejection is going to happen. And you have to take it. And you have to realize it's not personal. They don't know you. It's not personal. It's them dealing with their own mental stake in the situation and what they've been kind of informed to do. I think you'll realize that a lot of the 18 to 40 generation is much more open to signing petitions than necessarily the 40 to, well, 18 to about 50. Um, the 50 and plus, they're going to be a little harder for that sale unless they've always kind of been an independent or from the hippie movement and things like that. I've had two naturally born children without human intervention or vaccine. Through my way. Okay. But I mean, if anyone has any questions right now, in case anyone's interested or wants to come to PA to help collect signatures for Keystone, whoever collects the most signatures between May 18th and June 25th, I believe it is, can win a gun valued at a thousand dollars. I'm just letting you know that my eyes are sawed on that. So you'll have me as competition, but if you're trying to, you want to add a gun to your collection and you like petitioning, come to Pennsylvania and we will help you get the chance at winning that while also helping promote Liberty and get candidates on the ballot. But I'm going to close up for tonight. Unless anyone has any other final comments in the comment section. Um, third parties. A felon, so can't be incentivized. Um, if you cannot accept the gun because of any um, background issues, the gun will be sold and the value of the gun will be given to you. So there's that too. Just saying. But I am working on trying to get some guests on here to make this a little bit more informative and not so kind of uh, random. Um, so if you have any ideas or interest of what you'd like to see on Liberty 101, please let me know. Um, I'd be happy to do it. Lunatic, if you'd like to come on, just message me or message the page and I'll check out the messages. But as always, um, keep the Liberty movement going. And during this petitioning season, make sure you stay hydrated when you're out there. Make sure you stay friendly. You are the face of your party and your representative that you're collecting for. Try not to engage in any um, fights or arguments the best you can. And remember at the end of the day, um, 
it's everyone's individual choice whether they want to come to the movement or believe in the movement and we have to respect that so we do our best to sell it so until next week when i will have definitely a better guest on i'm trying to work on some really cool guests um besides spike who is really awesome um until next week i hope you guys have a great week i know i will be we'll be celebrating my child's birthday this weekend so have a good night